Today, on the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Some of these attorneys that aren't advancing, they're making literally a million dollars a year. You can make that without any business in some of these firms. Not even, that's not a partner. So it's not, it's not, it's, so it's not, it's not the fact that they're not advancing. But it's... Welcome back to the podcast. How are you today, Harrison? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. And I'm really excited to talk about today's topic, which I think any attorney probably has this goal in mind at some point, and it's how to be a rich and famous attorney. Now, according to your perspective, there are really only two ways to be a rich and famous attorney. And we'll get into the reasons in just a second, but I wanted to talk about a little bit of the, the background here. You make a point how a lot of times attorneys who start out at one of the top law firms end up leaving after just a few years compared to a lot of attorneys who start out at smaller law firms and end up practicing for their entire lives. Can you speak a little bit about why this difference tends to occur? Yeah, that's something I've thought about quite a bit throughout my career. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. I think that one of the reasons is if you go to the best firms, you're surrounding yourself with the best people and those people are going to view you as a competitor. And so they're going to use pretty much all of their skills to whatever they can do to undermine you, to push you out, to uh, psych you out, to make you think you're not, don't belong there, you're not good enough, all that sort of thing. And so I think that's what happens a lot of times. But I also think that larger firms don't really need attorneys as much. They pay high salaries and because they have high salaries, everyone wants to work there and they get lots of applicants for most of their positions. And so they, they, it's just not as difficult for them to find people. And so it's actually much harder to advance at a small, at a larger firm in a lot of cases because it's easier for the larger firms to hire people. Uh, they're actually much better at recruiting. People are attracted to them based on their brands and want to go work there. In contrast, smaller firms often don't have uh, the same type of recruiting. They they may not have as large a clients, which means that they they don't have as much money to spend on hiring people and and then you're more valuable to them and, and more likely to stick around and, and less likely to be surrounded by the most competitive people. And that's a really interesting point that you make because you tend to get the, uh, the most qualified attorneys going to work for these biggest firms, but at the same time, those big firms take in so many people every year, you become just a number and you don't really get to be an individual. Now, how do you think that affects like skills development in the course of their career at a large law firm versus at a small firm? So there's different types of skills development. So in a large firm, I think the people, they learn to be thorough. They learn that there's a high cost of making errors. They learn that there's a lot of people typically looking over their work. There's a high expectation of doing good work because they don't, then they're likely to have problems. So there's, so it's much better for firms to, for, for an attorney in many cases to be trained at a large law firm because they're going to learn uh, a certain way of practicing and certain expectations that they may not learn at all smaller law firm, at, at the average small law firm. But at the same time, an, a smaller law firm is going to have different expectations. So one of the expectations of a smaller law firm may be uh, that the person start bringing in business when they're younger, whereas large law firms, unless you're bringing in a giant client, don't really care. And so there's just, it's, it, in, and so your efforts of bringing the business are, are more likely to be rewarded and you're going to get positive feedback than you would at a large law firm. And just as an example, 
I was trying to, I deal with firms all the time and I was actually trying to get someone to represent me in a case not too long ago at a big firm and they wouldn't take it unless there was where they were planning on getting a half a million dollars in fees. And so that's, that's that firm and not every, most firms are not like that, even the biggest firms, but the big firms make it harder to bring in clients. And a lot of times they have large institutional clients and, and they don't want to have conflicts with them. When you're at a smaller firm, a lot of times you learn how to bring in clients and things that you, you know, and, and that you might not in a large firm. So you have different skill sets and arguably you, one skill set of being very good and able to bring in clients and so forth is very valuable. And the other skill set of being a very practicing law and being very thorough and stuff is very valuable. And that's a really interesting uh, point that you make, how in a bigger firm, you're, you know, maybe more expected to bring in clients and bigger clients, but it's also much more challenging. So I can imagine that somebody who is maybe a high achiever and is a very skilled person when they enter a large law firm, they can end up beaten down or de dejected because they don't get the same you know, satisfaction from doing their job because it's so much harder to succeed compared to somebody at a smaller firm, where it sounds like you're saying that somebody at a smaller firm might not be as skilled, but they're more likely to achieve success in their role and actually advance in their law firm, which can lead to greater long-term satisfaction. Is that a pretty good summary? Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. Webinars take place on Zoom, and you can join the next webinar by using the Zoom ID. The Zoom ID for this webinar is 868-9816-5944. Again, that Zoom ID is 868-9816-5944. You can also find more information by going to coaching.oar.com. Yeah, I think so. And I also think that they're, they find their place a lot more easily. And, and because they find their place, they're happier. They can see the results of their actions. They tend to be more directly involved with clients. They feel, they feel important. They feel a sense of, you know, accomplishment where, you know, whereas at a large law firm, you might just, if you're working on behalf of like a huge corporation, you're, it, it doesn't matter if it's you working on their matters or someone else or, and it's, and if you leave, there's plenty of people to replace you. You're, you don't have a relationship with the client. You're, you, the firm doesn't need you. The, you know, it's just, it's just not as sad. Yeah. And what have you seen happen to some attorneys who aren't satisfied or end up working for years inside of a big firm and don't advance? They, the, a, a lot of things happen to them. I think that the, they become dependent on the money that the firm job generates. They, but they feel like they, but they, at the same time, they feel stuck. And, and so they lose, they lose enthusiasm. Some of them, th those are some of the things I think, but those are the main things that, that I see. And I, I think that a lot of times their health suffers, they're, they're, they, in, in my experience, and this is just people that I've known, they, the, a lot of the life comes out of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. They lose their vitality. They lose their energy. And even if they're still a skilled attorney, they just may not have the desire to apply those skills as intensely as they used. Yeah. It's no different. I, I think that this is the, it's, this whole idea is part of the, of, of just 
capitalism, it's no different than spending 30 years working in a factory. What does that do to people or what it's, it's just, you're just part of a large industrial complex. And so it, you're almost like a factory worker where you don't really see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. It's just the same thing over and over and you're not going to, nothing's going to change. And so I, I, that's kind of what I see. I, and then at the same time, but it's certainly not always the case, but that's the case a lot of times. Yeah. It sounds like if you're in a position where you're being rewarded and you're fulfilled, you probably look forward to work every day. But if you're in the opposite situation, like the factory workers you alluded to, you're probably looking forward to leaving work every day or maybe just looking forward to retirement. And that's maybe a sign that like you're not going to excel and you're not going to advance at the rate that you maybe want to deep down. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It, and and pe different people, it's, and that's, I think like a lot of the, the whole idea of not advancing is actually perfectly fine. It's some of these attorneys that aren't advancing, they're making literally a million dollars a year. And you can make that without any business in some of these firms, not even as not a partner. So it's not, it's not, it's, so it's not, it's not the fact that they're not advancing, but it's just that they don't feel there's no sense of hope or belief that anything's going to change. They, they don't feel a connection to their clients or their work. They don't, all those sorts of things. I think that's, I think it's, it, I think it's more important people all the time that are doing simple jobs that, that I don't know around Los Angeles, like there's all these people with these fruit carts and stuff and where they sell these fruits and they chop them up, put them in a cup, you know, and sell them to you. At least they're all over where I live. And, and anyway, but the, some of the people doing that are just incredibly enthusiastic and they love their jobs. Just like in New York where people are making coffee on the street and giving, well, you know, some of them it, make a lot of money too. It's like the ones that are enthusiastic about their jobs, just find ways to grow their business and, and end up being really successful. But they like it. They have a sense of purpose. They, right. they enjoy it. And if you have a sense of purpose or you feel like you like your work, that's important as opposed to if you don't feel connection. So that's one of the things that the law firms do is they, the larger law firms are like factories where the, the workers are don't feel a connection. Like they may be putting a bumper on a car. They never get to see the final. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. No, you're right. Like you're just a cog in a machine. You're not actually controlling anything. You're just like, you're a laborer. You're, you're a pawn more or less. And in order to advance past that point, even if you don't reach the, the top of your department or what have you, it, it requires both a certain amount of skill and a certain amount of energy to be able to apply that skill. So can you talk a little bit about how that tends to apply to attorneys specifically? And what do we really mean when we talk about Well, skills, a lot of things and different people have different types of skills. A skill can be your, how smart you are. So that's one thing. The, it, it could also be the, your sales skills and so forth. But when, when a law firm is looking at your skill, they're looking at your educational qualifications to some extent. And that, that shows how well you're able to understand different things. And the problem with being compared to a lot of other professions is if you're a professional athlete and you're selling your, your innate athletic skills, and if you're a professional lawyer, you're selling your brain and your, and those skills. So you have right. to be, yeah. And, and that those smarts don't matter as much in things like personal injury to some extent where you're, you're job is to convince a jury, but they still matter. They, they matter. So your smarts matter, you know, your, your employment history, your ability to stick with places and to, and to, to do a good job there and to be respected by the people you work with is important because not everybody can do that. And not everybody can, lots of people will bounce around and not know what they want to do. And then, and then one of the things I think that's most important for an attorney is the ability to see things that other attorneys don't. You can give one attorney a fact pattern and they'll come up with a solution that's everyone sees, or you can give them a fact pattern and they come up with a, a solution that no one's expecting. 
And, and that's what the best attorneys do. It's just amazing to watch, you know, that. And then just other things I think is in terms of the skill is just on these, this question about skill is really, if you're going to become a rich attorney, you need to have these abilities. You need to be able to get along with different types of attorneys. You need to be able to, and, and people, you need to be able to learn and then bring in business. And th there's a lot to this, but and then I think the final thing I talked about is kind of energy, but th those are some of the things related to skill. If an attorney maybe doesn't have these skills or, or let's say they're starting out, maybe they're a recent law school graduate, right. you know, what, should, what should they be planning on doing in order to develop the right skills or to demonstrate the skills that they have? Can you talk about that a little bit? Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. So the most important thing is, is in skill, I think, is to have a focus and you have a focus on something. So a lot of the, the most, a lot of the most attorneys, the most successful attorneys just are able to be very focused in something like they'll pick an area of the law. And then they'll, you know, keep files about every development they see. They'll be very interested in it. They'll talk about it. They'll, it's almost a knife. Like a knife just starts out as a piece of steel where you can't really do much with it. But then as you sharpen it, then it becomes this kind of lethal object. And it's like that with people too. If you stick with something and you learn to understand something, are able to do things, then, you know, that, then that's important. So it's about learning. It's about, and the more, the better results you can get from people that are good from your work. Absolutely. And that's actually a really interesting analogy about making a knife and being a blacksmith is that you can buy knives of different qualities. And what separates the best knives from the worst knives is generally the skill of the person designing and building those things. Oh, and really? That, yeah. How does know, that work? I don't know anything about knives, but that's an interesting point. How does that work? So a, a blacksmith who is just starting out might make something that is very rough around the edges that generally has uh -huh. the same shape and function as a knife. But uh -huh. it's not going to have any special features. It's not going to have any intricate inlays. It's not uh -huh. going to be made of Damascus steel. And if they try any of these advanced, they may have an approximation of what a, a master of his craft could create. But in order mm -hmm. to develop their skills, it takes a lot of time. They have to never stop learning, like you say. They have to study under a skilled craftsperson so they can learn the tricks of the trade. They mm -hmm. need to be able to see things that others don't. In the sense of if I want to come up with a unique design, a unique pattern to make my offering special and different, they need to you know, be able to see things that others do not. Mm -hmm. And it's also a lot of energy, right? So a, a knife that's going to cost thousands of dollars is going to require a lot more of energy to create than one that you can buy off the shelf for $10. And so there's yeah. a lot of parallels between really any skilled craftsperson or tradesman goes through the same experience of working your way up through the ranks. And all of these same attributes really are, are what are required to be successful, no matter what your field. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. And even the ability to bring in business, right? Somebody, you can make it, build a better mousetrap, but if you don't market it, they'll beat a path around your door. 
So mm -hmm. even just being able to sell your wares and market it to the right people, it's the mm -hmm. same thing for bringing in clients or marketing your firm to the right people. And mm -hmm. that, that's just really interesting how there's a lot of analogies between really any trade or craft and the legal profession. Yeah. Most people in most, you know, trades, uh, are just, they're just doing them. It's amazing to me with attorneys, just how average almost all of them are. And uh, sometimes there's factory workers that are stamping out knives a dozen a minute. And those factory workers are, are the ones who are just part of a machine and they're looking forward to the end of the day and they feel stuck or they feel dejected compared to the blacksmith who puts all of his time and energy into creating one knife in order to sell that one for thousands of dollars. That's the, <laughs> that's those A-list attorneys you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And there's very few of them. Yeah. You know, what exactly is meant by energy in the legal profession? Is it really just the ability to like stand up and, and really put all of your effort into your job or is it something a little less tangible than that? What, what is meant by- I, I think that some people have access and are able to get access to something that is almost like outside of themselves. And what that means is that they're able to have a, like a, a passion for something. And, and, and I think that, so tapping into that is very important and that you have to have something that gets you excited. An example is certain things give people energy. It could be something as simple as going for a walk or, or writing a poem or, or giving a talk about something. And, but turn, tapping into that energy and, and liking something and getting inspired by it, you have to be a good attorney. That's what you need. You can't just, you know, expect to be a good attorney and, and not be incredibly enthusiastic about something and more than others, because the person that's going to win in the most, in the long run is the person that's going to have the most insight, the most, the most passion, the most interest in the subject matter. And, uh, and if they don't, then, you know, someone else is going to win. So that, that I think that's just the, the whole idea of having that energy is tapping into something. I believe that when you're, when you, when s certain people have that kind of energy, they're almost tapping into like a godlike force or something. I think that's a little extreme, but at the same time, I, I think there's some truth to that. And you're able to have insight into things that most people don't. Exactly. And I think in the ideal scenario, you would actually receive energy from your job or from the work that you're doing. It would actually fuel you and, and want, you know, make you want to do more. But of yeah. course, it's not a realistic option for everyone. Some people enjoy their work, but it's still draining, whether it's due to management or clients or what have you. So that's, I'm really glad that you brought up that idea of find something that does give you energy. Write a poem or go for a walk or do just do something to take care of yourself. Because if your gas tank is empty, as another, another metaphor, like you can't drive the car, you can't move forward. So you need to find ways to recharge and give yourself back that energy that your job might be taking. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Yeah, the work you do should give you energy. So you should get up every day and, and you should enjoy. Most people don't enjoy. I don't enjoy everything that I do in my job without getting too far into it. And you have, there's, every job has 
things that people don't like, but you should enjoy at least 50% of what you do so you can look forward to it. And that 50% you should be good at. And then as much as you can, the things that you don't like, you should try to delegate to somebody else. So you can spend more of your energy focusing on the things that give you. Yes, exactly. Now, just extending this analogy a, a little bit further, what would you recommend to an attorney who finds their tank empty all the time? Do you think the best move is to find another practice area or another firm? What should somebody do if they want to succeed, they really do want to get to the top of their game, but they find themselves stuck or drained on a regular basis. I think the main thing is anytime you're learning a new matter, which is when you're in law school, and then usually like the first five years you get out of school, you're still learning how to be an attorney. And so there, there's nothing wrong with not necessarily knowing and, and being 100% confident and, and liking your work everything about your work, like at least the first few years. If, if you're not enjoying it, you should start finding or taking pride in different aspects of it. So for example, like I used to think it was more important when I would, this is when I was in law school and when I literally, I, I used to think it was more important to have a good idea than it was to make sure you actually wrote that idea down in a very clear, direct way without any errors and so forth. So taking pride in, in, in aspects of the work that are, that, that are like the, that employer wants you to are, is very important. So you need to, you, you almost want to gamify it and think about and make it fun. Find the fun in producing error-free documents or whatever you're doing or the fun in finding different aspects of it and just learn to enjoy it and think in. A lot of times people will talk themselves, make things not fun and allow them to drain it. So a lot of it is just self-talk. It's how you talk to yourself about things. That's a really good point. You can always learn new skills just to deal with yourself and manage your own Mm -hmm. thoughts and emotions Mm -hmm. and bring yourself up, give yourself energy, maybe consider yoga or meditation, some other form of mindfulness that can help you recenter when you do find yourself drained or stressed or pulled in too many directions. Yeah. And the other thing too, I think in terms of energy, like people that are good at maintaining their energy and a lot of it is just, it's about, it's about being around uh, the right people, avoiding the wrong people when you can, doing the kind of work that you're going to do well at most of the time and all those sorts of things. And so a lot of times people will make the mistake of surrounding themselves with uh, negative energy or doing work that's not, that they're not going to do well at it. And that, that can actually drain them as opposed to other kind of ways. That's actually a really important thing that you just touched on is that it's a saying that you become the product of the five people that you surround yourself with most closely. So if you surround yourself with people, whether intentionally or inadvertently, if you surround yourself with negative people, you're going to become Mm -hmm. the product of that negativity and you yourself are going to lose energy, always be drained and become a negative person. So for the best of your ability, it would behoove you to find positive people, positive mentors, or just just a positive social group that can give you energy and give you that that vitality that your job or your clients might be taking. Yeah, and and yeah, and I think that's yeah, that's a great point. Just yeah, group, social groups or ideally all that stuff would happen in your job, so you would be around people and doing work that gives you energy. But yeah, for everyone, that's definitely not the case. But you're the thing to remember is you're never going to do well. If you don't get energy from the work you're doing, I I just think that's something to be very careful of. So you have to get, you have to put yourself and do things where you're going to get some energy from it because it just, the thing you need to remember is there are people that, that get energy from whatever you're doing. If you're not getting energy from it, someone else is, and that's what's scary. That's a really good energy is never created or destroyed. It is only, you know, transferred and, and transformed. 
So mm-hmm. if your energy is being taken away, that means it's going somewhere and it's going to somebody. So if you really, have skills, that's a good point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I thought about that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have the skills, you should try to find that energy. If you have the energy, then, you know, use that to develop new skills. And if you maintain hmm. both, then you will almost certainly become wealthy and successful, whatever that means to you. And you can definitely rise to the top of your game. Maybe even if you feel stuck right now, there is hope it is possible as long as you find ways to have both the skills and the energy. Yeah, I did. I heard someone say something. I don't know what it was about, but they were saying something about how people that have really, I don't know, people that are with, I would say, bad energy or destructive people and that sort of thing, a lot of times they will surround themselves with, they'll find people they can latch on to and make their positive energy, which I thought Mm -hmm. was interesting. I don't know how true that is. No, I think that's absolutely true because again, that energy has to come from somewhere and they're a a sink, like it's like a black hole and they just need to take that Mm -hmm. energy from other people and other sources because they're not able to generate it within themselves. And if you do find yourself with a a partner in, in romance or a partner in work or just friends who are like that, any energy that you're creating for yourself is going to go away very quickly. So you actually need to protect your energy. You need Mm. to take care of yourself and be aware for those types of succubi who might be trying to drain your. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's a good point. And there are people that do that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily their fault. Like everyone has their own, their traumas and their past and whatever, but you as an individual don't need to give your energy to the people who only want to take it from you without giving anything in return. Excellent. I mean, that about wraps things up. Is there anything else that you want to say about this idea of having skills and energy to maintain? No, I think, yeah. And I think most, a lot of times you can't, I I would just say that not everyone has the natural smarts and skills, which is perfectly fine. And some of the, you know, most successful attorneys are are not always the people that have the, the best qualifications. As a matter of fact, I would say it's probably more likely than not that the people that are the most, most successful attorneys are from, at least from a financial standpoint, may not have, or, or may not necessarily be, um, you know, have the best educational qualifications, but what they do have is energy. So they're able to, they, regardless, they may, they're doing something where they're getting excited and their excitement for their work. It's clients excited. It gets people that work with them excited and, and that's what makes them successful. So I think the energy component, lots of people are very smart and certainly have a lot of native intelligence, but very few people have access to that energy. And, and if you can find that's probably the most important thing. Absolutely. And I think as well, oh, let me just say that because I heard a name. And, and I think as well, it has a bit of a snowball effect. So if you're able to generate the energy then it's going to create more opportunities in your life and in your career that will then give you more energy and you can keep that momentum growing. Thank well, you for your time today. This was a, a very energizing conversation <laughs> and I right. hope the listeners yeah, thanks. energized as well. Great, thanks.